Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Daisy. Always looking to find great guests to bring on the show to bring you the best value we can possible. And today I have a friend of mine. We've actually spoke a few times in the past. Uh, Yuri has an awesome practice that he's here to, to share more about, what he's up to, how he got started. And we're going to talk about some uh, interesting topics as well. So welcome to the show, Yuri, and excited to hear your story. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate being here, and I enjoyed hearing your story as well before this interview here. Now, well, I appreciate it, because I, I don't get to tell my story, because uh, we want these to be about our guest. So, but I do appreciate you asking me and, and, and having that, that chat. So I'll be uh, happy to weigh in as you're talking to the audience as well and, and share what I know. Well, um, I found that uh, what, what's interesting about your story is you ended selling to attorneys, not buying tended direction initially, but then eventually built a, a successful company around that. So that's, um, you know, I could relate. I, I tried selling to lawyers uh, in law firms, legal technology, and it was not easy. Yeah, I don't know why I chose lawyers, right? But uh, here we are. So, <laughs> but it was a process. Yeah, it wasn't something we said, hey, we're going to just start this and, and niche with law firms. But over time and through trial and error and and figuring out what we were good at, right? And it's kind of similar to your story, which you shared with me a little bit briefly in the beginning, or behind the scenes, I guess. But let's hear your story now and tell us, you know, how you got started. It's a really cool story, I think, and kind of where you are now as one of the founders and, and managing partners of Founders Legal. Thanks, Kevin. I got my career going through um, a national IP filing firm. I'm a patent attorney. And through that firm, I did a lot of international work. I got to work with some really intelligent people, some mentors who were supervisors of mine. And I found that they were serving you know, big corporations. I was working on big accounts. And it was around, I think, 2011, uh, where the American Invents Act, which was a, considered a major patent reform, was passed. I think 2012 is when it became enacted. And there was a requirement uh, now to file, to be the first patent filer in order to gain the priority rights. So we transitioned from a first to invent system to a first to file system. Hmm. And so in the first to invent system, you have around a year or so before you file a patent application. And if someone beat you to it, you could show evidence to the patent examiner. You can sign an affidavit, say, here's my lab notebooks. Here's this, here's that. There's proof that I had this before I filed it and that my timing backdates their reference. There were a number of problems with that system and it wasn't the international standard. So uh, with patent reform, we went to the international standard of first to file. And what I found that these, all of a sudden, a lot of, entrepreneurs and early stage companies were now at a race to get patent filings done early. So I got together with some friends and put together a platform we called the Patent Portal. It was um, essentially a fast way for you to put together enough of a document to establish your priority claim with the patent office. And that would buy you a year. 
we call that a provisional patent filing, a year of patent pending status while you've got your resources together and decided whether or not a full patent filing was right. So you became a tech startup owner. We became a tech startup owner. We got featured in the Wall Street Journal, the Boston Globe, and some big publications as you know, in view of the patent reform, here's a solution. And accelerators and incubators would refer to the our platform. And so we we got some initial traction and you know built out a, a development team, a marketing team. And so what we realized through that process, long story short, was actually some customers and clients still wanted to work directly with lawyers. And we were bootstrapping this tech tech endeavor. And I would do moonlight legal work for these people, so to speak, under a proper law firm uh, with some some partners and some great support at the time to provide legal services to, you know, bootstrap and reinvest in the tech company. And eventually I've (laughs) figured out that being a legal tech company was not right for me at the time. And I was showing more fulfillment and success is a lawyer as a patent lawyer. And I decided to remain focused on building a law firm. It was a very difficult decision to do. My co-founders, it was tough for everyone, you know, to deprecate and close down and offboard customers, but we did. And we met along the way, other legal tech co-founders who were seeing the same issue. Like I'm, I'm making more money doing legal work than legal tech. So together we came at the Atlanta Tech Village and started Founders Legal. Today, uh, we service mergers and acquisitions, securities, patents, domestic and international, both for trademarks and patents, licensing, copyrights. We have an entertainment practice. So we do, we're on, you could say a full service boutique, um, building out our litigation team as well with regards to business services. I remain focused. Yeah, a few locations, I believe, too. Yes. That's supporting you. We have a team in Nashville. We have our primary team in Atlanta. And we have a technical team in D.C. by the Patent Office and paralegal support in Idaho. So, you know, after we actually before the, the shutdown for, for COVID, we decided to go remote by just a couple months before. <laughs> So uh, since then, it's been a remote team with hybrid locations. We have offices in, in that you can go to, both in Nashville and Atlanta, and meet with the team or meet with clients. Excellent. So you're, you're a hybrid model at this point. We're a hybrid model at this point. And that's been an interesting management uh, question, is that being a managing partner, I have not, I think, found the right answer. But what I'm happy to see is that my team has found the right answer. And they seem to be making it work. And so not going to try and interfere too much with that. Uh, It kind of plays out, plays itself out. If you got a good team, I don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, yeah, that's what I've seen on our side too. We're almost, well, I would say we're 75% remote. They work from home. And then we have an office here location uh, with a handful of people that come here every day. So it's, we're kind of hybrid, but. Yeah, we're totally capable of being at home if we need to be. I think so, it would be important for managing partners and in law firms like ours, and maybe companies like yours too, to find a good way when you're remote to showcase hard hard work and, and success and wins among the team to inspire everyone else 
to let people know that there's, you know, my, although it may feel like a little bit of a silo physically, we're very mm-hmm. con- connected virtually. So I, I do want to find a way to amplify hard work and success. That's a good point. That's, that's very important. And we have done a couple things to, for that here. So yeah, anyone listening, I think that if you have a virtual firm or a hybrid firm or some folks that are just always remote, you know, the, the culture, you know, aspect of things and, and feeling those connections uh, so you don't lose people that are just like, yeah, I don't feel like I belong here. I'm not part of the team. We do a few things I'll, I'll share quickly and then we'll get yeah. into some yeah, conversations. Let's uh, share some tips. I'd love to. So one of the things we do is we use Slack for communication. So you, you could you know, WhatsApp or any kind of other, you know, maybe it's, uh, Microsoft Teams has, has this built in, I believe, but whatever you're using. But we have uh, a kudos channel where mm-hmm. we can post points to team members. So I could say Yuri has 10, 10 points to Yuri for doing an excellent job with this client or whatever situation. And then I have core values mm-hmm. that they can hashtag. So you'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, hashtag passion or hashtag uh, urgency or transparency. And then we have Zapier, which is, uh, if you don't know what Zapier is. You, you yeah, can... of course, of course we do. So anyone listening, if you don't know what Zapier is, you can check it out. But we'll have a Zapfire and it puts those points in a sheet and it shows that I gave you 10 points and those 10 points add up for you. And then we have monthly winners that are recognized in our company meetings. They also get bonuses based on those things. But then every day in that channel, you can see all the team members giving all the kudos to each other. And then they get a point for even given points. And then they have to use a core value to, for it to work. So they have our core values always at their fingertips. And then it, that's the way that we can recognize everyone on the team on a daily basis that gets recognized monthly and then quarterly again to make sure they know that you know we see what they're doing. And then that's ultimately used for their annual review to see how they've done all year to make sure they've gotten, you know, kudos and given kudos and things like that. And then we'll recognize them in our social media and things like that as well. So that's just one thing that we do. That's thank you. I like on a daily basis. I feel like I got to do this core values channel, but you've got a daily It's daily. I mean, I can look at my channel right now and see a a ton of us. That's a, that's high follow through. Can I pause for a second? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, for us, it's, it's got, we got the daily activity with our team. And again, everyone does it for everyone. Me and my partner, who are owners of the company, we, we don't get points. We You can give us points, but we don't, you know, we don't want them and it doesn't count for nothing. Uh, but it, that's just one thing that we hear that it keeps the core values top of mind. They're important. And every quarter, every company meeting, we make everyone or we will have participation to read off our core values by different people. And so... That's a way to make sure that we keep those circulating all the time. So, uh, and again, like you said, you get cash bonuses if you're a kudos winner for the month. Hmm. So just one, one thing that we do that I think works well. That's, that's quite a follow through uh, and to, to maintain that system, because if it's not, that kind of system is not embedded within the core values and it could easily get lost. Well, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that, Kevin. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of companies will have a mission statement written once, and maybe some core values if they're if they're lucky, and they're usually tucked away somewhere. They're not usually uh, reviewed very often, or, or new employees might not even know they exist. <laughs> so, so we we try to make sure that it's uh, front and center on a daily basis, which is hard to do. I couldn't just get on a, on a call with all of my team and just say, 
All right, guys, we're going to go over core values again today. So uh, the kudos piece with Slack has worked very well. Mm. So pro tip. Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, Digital Marketing Agency, at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. So, yeah. Corey, let's talk about, you know. Uh, you mentioned. Some AI. Yeah, well, sure. I think you mentioned Zapier. And uh, our firm uses Zapier a lot. You know, I think upgrade how many zaps we get and oh, yeah. pay, pay for zaps. And we're, we were, because we came from a tech company and we, we had a dev team, we automated so much of our operations, intake, you know, prospecting intake. We distribute all digital leads. We call it digital leads, but from internet searchers. And we assign it to calendars of attorneys who are available in a certain schedule. We, you know, just make everything from the sending out engagement letters to everything is all tied in one system. And that requires a lot of zaps. And what's nice, that's the same system we use for case management and docketing, billing, time entries. And that's the same system we use for our backend accounting, distributions, you know, bonuses, profit sharing, salaries. And it enables us to have everything we do on a single system, which requires a lot of zaps, requires a ton of custom dev work, but it's on a platform, Salesforce. No, Salesforce, and when I first heard of it, I'm like, oh, that's for sales and, you know, whatever. It's nothing to do, you know, you can do, it's a build your own platform on it, you know. Yeah, very powerful. And speaking to other lawyers and ordinary terms, you can construct your own workflows, your operations for lawyers. There's packages built on for case management, time entry management, and there's accounting packages back, packed on as well. So what that enables you to do is see the entire life cycle of a client. And it's integrated with our file storage system. So now we have access to all the files for that client, tied to all the matters, tied to all the billings, all the attorneys working on it, who owns the client, who originated the client, who's the matter, all of that. And I'm just excited for Salesforce maybe to have some kind of AI implementation that could understand objects and their relations and what they are tied to technically and really give you insights into what's happening in your firm. And I think when you're fully remote, those insights are very critical. You don't really see how hard the other attorney is working or the firm administrator is working or, you know, or any or paralegal, like you don't otherwise, it used to be who's at their desk, you know, <laughs> you know who's got their door closed, assuming they don't want to be distracted because they're, you know, billing time. They're hard at work. They're hard at work. So having a platform like that just will be so insightful for AI. That's from the business, from a managing a law firm standpoint, it'll give us more understanding somebody might work, let's say four hours that day or five hours that day, but we're highly productive from, you know, from what we see in the grand scheme of things. They got so many engagement letters signed, they brought in a new client and, you know, built here, there. So am, am I frozen? 
Oh, it looks like he might be. Let's see. When did I freeze? <laughs> um, looks like you just just Let froze. Me, I just. All right, everyone. If this stays in there, we uh, had a, a camera issue, so we just stopped for a second and we're back. <laughs> so, but Yuri was really getting into uh, what what his firm is doing from a management standpoint with Zapier and these these automated tools. And I just want to yeah, add, that, yeah, go ahead. Kevin. I want to add that you know we have hundreds of apps for my companies, um, and as we start a new company, because I actually have three three companies, uh, this one specifically works for law firms, and this is my 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 main baby day to day. But that's part of all the the processes, getting those tools set up, the Zap set up to do things for you, and we use it for so much. I mentioned it for the Kudo system. Mm. That's just one small piece. Uh, we use it for if I onboard a new client, all kind. I fill out a Google form, and I mean, dozens of apps fire, create sheets, tasking, and Asana, which is another tool we use. There's onboard tasking, and meetings that get created, all kinds of things that get done. Follow up for me, if say if Yuri was a new client, I'd have follow up with him in in two weeks after he's been working with my team to check in how things are going. There's another one for like three months out to send him a a card and do some other check-ins. There's all kinds of things that fire with zaps that allow us to take care of the customer properly and not drop the ball on certain things. There's just way more things like that happen. I can probably go into for like a long time, but I think this is important to listen to because if you're not set up properly for intake or handling the customer or a follow up with the customer afterwards, getting reviews, there's just so many things that you need to be thinking about with a new customer. Uh, that Yuri seems to have really got his hands around. If you look at our team, you'll find the people who are actually behind this. I, I'm the one who explains it poorly. There, <laughs> there's a, the drive, the internal direction of we're going to try to automate as many repetitive, same consistent. And, you know, you have to have experience to know enough outliers to, to kind of see the system a long time. Otherwise, you're going to constantly be changing those automations, which we went through. But yeah, yeah we were talking to AI, and I think that's one side of AI. More interesting, I think more, more like data, like taking what you got and be able to look at what's happening, what trends, what things that can yeah. be adjusted. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, it's going to be incredible. And I just based on understanding language and uh, the relationship of words and derives a lot in this universe. Apparently there's um, interesting how the machine learning works in these neural nets to get the, what we call you know, the unanticipated properties, the emerging parameters, so to speak of these AI models to enable them to provide us insights. And if there's language, it will excel. And in the practice of law, it is purely language. So sure. this is where I'm most excited is in the actual drafting of documents. I'm a patent attorney. We Every, every pat, granted patent in the world is published. That's on the international system, so to speak. They're published. It's all out there for the, the oh. AIs of the world to learn, for these models to train on and to learn. So that means eventually it could be writing patents better than we can. Where we will excel for the time being is <laughs> in prompting, in providing the right input. And oversight. Where I, where I think 
the practice of law and AI will intersect the most is not drafting contracts or even drafting patents. That'll eventually be technical work, I think, we'll get very comfortable with. What will require our comfort is knowing that the models will understand the intent of our prompts, of our inputs. They will understand what output we are looking for when I share a unique fact pattern between party A and party B. I don't necessarily care about the language it invents because probably I have language in my contract databases that I've used that I've already liked that might need some tweaking. So keep my own language in there, but just know where to pull things based on your understanding of the fact pattern. And I think that's where understanding fact patterns and what legal implications those fact patterns have, what good legal strategy based on those fact patterns, that right there is, the I believe, will be the bread and butter of a good AI model in the practice of law. I can tie fact patterns to laws the best, and then I'll pull the necessary contract provisions for you. Because the contract provisions, I think, still the senior lawyers will like their own better than whatever AI would generate at this time. (laughs) So I like how you say at this time. (laughs) At this time. Yeah. Yeah. So I would think that's the holy grail for now, the way I see it in AI legal service provision. I think that's uh, some... Microsoft Copilot, if I may add... um, they're marketing this like crazy, but you know, Clippy used to be the old Microsoft Word yeah. know, assistant. Now is going to have an AI brain on them, so to speak. And oh, wow, the things they are marketing. If you watch any three-minute video of what they say Microsoft Word will be able to do, it is going to be scary if that comes true for the legal profession. Mm-hmm. It will reduce the reliance on i rather almost train an AI model than train a a new lawyer from scratch when I know this AI model is already getting most of the job done from a templated basic standpoint. I'm just saying relative to this year zero attorney or year one attorney, i rather train a good model. And this is the future, not today, but I I might rather train a good model and keep that model as my advantage. Like I said, AI is... Today's GPT model is amazing at language, and it's only going to get better at language. And I think it might it might outdo us, because uh, all the great all the great language authors have already published their work. And so, anyway, so, so I, I mean, yeah, and then even for what we do, right, marketing or websites and stuff like that, there's AI tools for a lot of that kind of stuff. So it's uh, something to to be aware of, and either embrace or get left behind. Mm-hmm. So. And it sounds like you're definitely embracing it. And and again, yeah. even with even the simple things like automation, which sounds like an old term to me, I know a lot of folks and firms that I speak with or even clients that are still way behind. And that's just basic stuff in my mind, like that you're talking about and what we're talking about. We what use HubSpot, so not Salesforce, we use HubSpot. And I have zaps that fire and track for sales or for customers. And I can even see where they came from. You know, so I can look at a client that signed two years ago and like track it back to where they interact with our website or they came through my LinkedIn profile originally, like where they originate. And I can see every interaction they've done with our platform or our website since then. The whole that's, history of it. It's that's ridiculous. the right idea. I'm fully there with you. Uh, I like that trend. So there's one um, when Georgia were bar credited to provide continued legal education on AI, um, intellectual property implications. 
And there's a video I share in that presentation. And I'm wondering if I could screen share uh, this video because I think it's going to be, it's a minute and 15. Sure. And it's yeah. jaw dropping what Microsoft Word's co-pilot and Thomson Reuters have come together. By, and they, Thomson Reuters acquired Case Text, which is a, you know, they, they went big. The case management AI system. Search. No, uh, it's um, research, a legal okay. research tool compared to Westlaw, LexisNexis, but then they uh, adopted yeah. AI search based on natural language and Thomson Reuters recently acquired them from because you have the ability 100, to 100 million, you know, okay, great. So let's, let me share my screen. There's a percent button at the bottom there. You can, you should be able to get to. There we go. <laughs> share screen. I appreciate that. We would like to mix it up here. Yeah. Let's mix it up. I, I had no idea I was going to do this. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. Uh, Not planned. Me... I think we have to add it to Bob, a junior attorney, receives an email from his boss, Paula, asking him to draft a contract. Bob opens Microsoft Word, where Copilot already has the context it needs to assemble a draft. All he needs to do is hit Generate. Bob can then use Copilot for Word with trusted legal intelligence from Thomson Reuters to refine the draft. He can replace the limitation of liability clause with a gold standard example from practical law and easily access related guidance. To verify the limitation of liability is enforceable under California law, Bob asks Westlaw. Westlaw formulates a response and provides a short summary with links to the relevant authority. Finally, Bob prompts Copilot to provide him with a summary of changes, by clause, for easy review. Thomson Reuters Document Intelligence quickly extracts and compares the modified clauses. With his review complete, Bob is ready to share the draft with Paula. Well, that's pretty interesting. Wow. <laughs> Phenomenal. That's you, know, you just tell it, here's what I need. It goes into your data, finds, based on a template, finds what to do, gives you an initial first draft, and then you could pick clauses and based on latest case law, refine it to the state you need. And it did, don't forget, it generated that initial template based on your own material. Yeah. So, yeah. so you got a good start right off the Exactly. Key. You already know you trust this work. You just have to trust that it understood the fact pattern enough to recall the right portions of that document, uh, you know, and to construct the right portions together. So, so as an experienced I, lawyer, if you do a review of the piece, uh, you, you know, you'll be able to feel comfortable with it and make, a, right. make the changes that you need to. Look, that was the that is an associate's job right there. What you saw that they allege in a demo they can do. So I just uh, if they release this and it works as they advertise it to work, it's, it's disruptive. That's disruptive for sure, hundred percent. Well, Yuri, I think for sharing that and you know coming on to share your story and and your your knowledge and background. I mean, I think everyone that's running a firm again should be dialed in with the automations the systems that are out there, uh, Zapier connecting one tool to another, and then, you know, using AI for things that are, that are practical and, you know, whether it's data insight, I know from SEO standpoint, uh, we just put out a couple of articles, you know, you can use AI to write content for yourself, but that's a big no, no for just AI written content for Google. They're actually just rolling out an update right now for the helpful content update. And the main topic is copywritten by humans for humans, mm -hmm. which means that's, that's their kind of, you know, push back against AI content. So mm -hmm. use AI content out there for marketing or search, but only to generate the ideas and the template, if you will, but uh, then you I, need to have some, some human oversight to, to actually get a market with it. But 
but it's huge. What a huge help that that can be. I mean, just starting a piece. Uh, yeah, the, the starting stuff. point. That's the hardest. That's the writer's block. You know, that's yeah. That's the what stands between me and writing that. Let's say a demand letter. You know, or a cease and desist letter. What? What? You know, it's just starting, getting the start, and then if it already knows all your templates and it's really good at language, this is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a, a game changer. Something to keep an eye on and, and watch. So, well, Yuri, anything else you'd like to share before before we move on? I invite anyone to feel free to reach out if they have any questions. I'm in the space, the legal tech from both business administration of a law firm and client service and drafting documents. So happy to uh, be absolutely. here. Please connect with your, the website's down below, Founders Legal, simple to remember, founderslegal.com. I know uh, we're probably connected on LinkedIn as well. So yeah. I assume they, they can reach out with you uh, to connect with you there. Yeah, you know, Yuri, it just sounds like you're you're passionate and interested in tech and AI. You're you're embracing it. You're not just hiding behind it or trying to stay away from it. So I think that's important too. But for those out there that don't understand it, maybe like Yuri does, that speak to people like him or reach out to others within your network or mastermind groups or whatever you might be part of uh, to better understand it. And if you don't, you can have people on the team that understand it more or hire that person that can come in to implement those things. I don't do our zaps. Uh, my business partner is a software developer. It's what we call low code, but it's still more challenging than than I can do. So, but it's it's important to have these things, you know, implemented in your firm. So, uh, if you don't have automation, I su- highly suggest you get that ball rolling because AI is on the way and it's going to make things uh, more interesting. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for having me on your show. I hope to continue our conversation. See where it takes us. Yeah, Yuri. Thank you so much. Everyone, thank you so much for joining the show. Hopefully you learned some interesting things today uh, from Yuri here and uh, you know, raise some questions and things you should be thinking about going into planning for next year, uh, things you need to accomplish within your firms. We talked a little bit about like the kudos and culture and remote, but ties back to you know some automation can help that. So if you're fully remote or hybrid, you know, look at what can help you, you know, stay, keep those connections with your with your team as well. So as always, if you need anything from me, reach out. Got any questions? If you look for certain topics for the show, I'm always looking for great guests uh, to bring on the show to cover different topics. So please message me. Uh, I'll find a guest. If you want to be a guest yourself, you can also reach out uh, because we're always looking for those folks. So uh, otherwise, have a great day and we will talk to you soon. Yuri, you can stay on with me and we'll chat behind the scenes. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com, where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.